Hello again, and welcome back to The Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson. Every Friday, I will help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Money can't buy you love, plus, it turns out it can cost you your humanity. Research has only begun to delve into the impact money has on mindset, but what's come up so far ain't pretty. So this week, we'll investigate what falls by the wayside as the money rolls in, and, thankfully, how to hold on to the things money can't buy. So let's start with what money costs us. Cost number one is courtesy. Ever heard this one? What's the difference between a catfish and a BMW owner? One is a bottom-feeding scum sucker, and the other is a fish. Unfortunately, BMW owners lived up to this reputation in a 2012 study carried out along a Northern California roadway. Over and over again, a researcher posing as a regular old pedestrian stood at a crosswalk ready to cross the street as a car approached. The good news is that 8 out of 10 cars stopped for the pedestrian and let him cross. But when the research team created a five-tiered system with low-value Category 1 rusted-out beaters at the bottom and luxury Category 5 vehicles at the top, like BMWs, a pattern became clear. Of the Category 1 vehicles, every single car stopped for the pedestrian. But of the Category 5 vehicles, almost 50% blew through the crosswalk, leaving the hapless pedestrian in a cloud of exhaust. Now, there hasn't been a study yet about people who park their car across multiple spots, and I know I'm getting pretty close to the line of my zero-judgment promise here, but I'm willing to bet you know the results already. Cost number two is empathy. A series of studies in the journal Psychological Science found that people of lower socioeconomic status were better able to read others' expressions and emotions. In the study, participants were asked to self-identify their social class using a picture of a ladder with rungs labeled 1 through 10. The lowest rungs, they were told, represented those who are the worst off, have the least education, least money, and least respected jobs or no job. The highest rungs, by contrast, were those who are the best off, have the most education, most money, and most respected jobs. Once the participants self-identified on the 1 through 10 ladder, they were asked to participate in a hypothetical job interview. And the researcher interviewed two participants at a time, asking them standard questions like, what are your greatest strengths and weaknesses? But afterwards, each participant rated to what extent they felt 20 different emotions during the interview, such as anger, contempt, sadness, hope, surprise, and worry. But then there was a twist they were also asked to rate how strongly they thought their interview counterpart felt each emotion. The result? Lower-class participants were more accurate than higher-class participants at judging the emotions of their interview partner. The higher-class participants weren't totally clueless, but it was clear they were less skilled at reading and empathizing with the emotions of their fellow human traveler. Cost number three is compassion. Another study showed that more privileged participants were not exactly cold-hearted, but were fast-hearted? Is that even a thing? Regardless, here's how it went down. In the study, researchers asked participants to watch two short videos while hooked up to a heart rate monitor. One was an instructional video where a woman explained how to build a patio wall, 
while the other was a documentary clip of kids with cancer going through chemotherapy. And don't worry, nobody was a cold-hearted jerk. All the participants reported, on average, feeling five times as much compassion while watching the cancer video as they did while watching the patio video. But how much compassion they felt went along with their social class. Lower class participants reported feeling significantly greater compassion for the kids with cancer than the upper class participants. But their lower compassion wasn't just measurable in words. Now, it's well established that heart rate deceleration, a slowing heartbeat, goes along with feelings of sympathy and focusing on others rather than oneself. And the theory is that this is part of the body's preparation to connect with and take care of someone else. So in the study, lower class participants showed greater heart rate deceleration in response to the cancer video than the more privileged participants, whose heart rates generally remained steady. Next, cost number four is helpfulness. A study in the uber-prestigious journal Science found that just having money on the mind can change a person's behavior. In this study, participants played Monopoly with a confederate for seven minutes. Then, after the game wrapped up, those in one group were left with $4,000 in Monopoly money and were asked to imagine a future in which they were rich, while those in the other group were left with $200 and asked to imagine a future in which their finances were strained. Then, participants filled out some bogus forms and got up to leave, thinking the study was over. But it had only just begun. As each participant made their way out, a researcher carrying a pile of office supplies walked in front of them and accidentally on purpose spilled a box of exactly 27 pencils. Now came the real question, how many pencils would each person pick up? The good news, no one put their nose in the air and strode away. Every single person helped pick up the pencils. But the group that had been primed with wealth picked up significantly fewer. They were helpful, but just not as helpful. And finally, cost number five is ethics. A final study was elegant in its simplicity. Participants were primed to think of themselves as higher class or lower class by comparing themselves to the very top or the very bottom. Then, after filling out some forms as a distraction, they were shown a jar of candy and told it was for kids participating in studies in another lab. Then, the researchers simply counted how many candies each participant took. Those who were primed to think of themselves as comparatively wealthy really did take more candy from a baby. Now, why does all this happen? Are rich people just a-holes? Do jerks win the race while nice guys finish last? The jury is still out. But here are some theories on why, in the words of Cindy Lauper, money changes everything. Now, one factor may be the mindset of independence versus interdependence. The wealth of rich people makes them relatively independent. They have the resources to do what they need or want without relying on others. They don't have to ask friends for a ride to the airport or borrow a dress for their cousin's wedding. They just pay a driver or buy a new dress. Plus, this independence frees up their time and bandwidth to focus on their own interests rather than those of the people surrounding them. Second, the mindset of independence is often tied to the idea of self-sufficiency. The well-off think that because they can take care of themselves, others should do the same, which goes hand-in-hand hand with being less helpful. There's also a greater sense of entitlement, the feeling that you're inherently deserving of privileges. And combined with greater privacy and the resources to deal with possible consequences down the line, 
Entitlement creates a perfect storm for unethical behavior. In sum, wealth creates a psychological buffer. It's not that the well-off are uncaring people, it's that they don't have to care. Other people's suffering is sad, to be sure, but it's not their problem. Thankfully, all is not lost. It's relatively simple to restore people's sense of community, empathy, and compassion. Remember the study where people were asked to rank themselves on the ladder of 1 to 10? Well, subsequent studies found that when people are asked to picture themselves in relation to those on the bottom rungs, their empathy and accuracy in detecting emotions magically improved. To wrap up, happiness is partly comfort and security, to be sure, but it's also community, togetherness, and feeling part of something larger than yourself. Indeed, it brings to life the saying, some people are so poor, all they have is money. Next week, we'll continue the fiscal conversation with a special guest, Jean Chatsky, financial editor of NBC's Today Show. So don't miss that episode or any other episode when you sign up for the newsletter at quickanddirtytips.com newsletters and get every episode delivered straight to your inbox. Or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, listen on Spotify, or like on Facebook, where there are always links to episodes no longer available on iTunes. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and The Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. As always, thank you so much for listening and subscribing, and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. <laughs>